verse 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, visitors, we're so glad to have you. Please be seated. I, have, I, come, I came with a message today that I believe if you receive very well and you act on it, I believe God will take care of your problem, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Uh, I think I was talking to somebody and I said, uh, I had to think, rethink this, uh, think it in my mind. I don't remember a time, on Wednesday we heard a message on fasting, that I was fasting about something that concerned me. I just don't remember. There could be, but I don't remember anyone that God didn't answer the prayer. I remember fasting one time, and it was, I was going to go for three days, just to, for clarification from God. I needed answer. No problem, I just needed an answer as a minister. Uh, the first day of my fast, I had my answer. Uh, so I quit fasting, went back to eating. <laughs> Quickly. I already got the answer. Why should I fast? I have my answer. Let's go back. But today, I want to bring a word. I titled the message, Look and Live. Look and Live. What you cannot see, and I'm not talking about what with your natural eyes, in the spirit realm, what you cannot see, you can't have. It's a principle in the word of God. The scripture is given to us so that we can see what God's saying. He is God, we can see him, but through his word, we can have, he gave us the power of imagination. Through his word, we can see what he is saying. And when you can see that, you have the answer. So the Bible talks a lot about sight. Not that God wants to ignore your hearing, but he wants you to see, to perceive. Because until you see it, you can't have it. And sometimes God is deliberate. He wants to give you the blueprint. Because you can't build anything that's tangible without a blueprint. So God gives you either through his word or through a dream, through a prophecy, whatever it is, he gives it to you. So now you have the blueprint. And he is the builder. Except the Lord builds a house, you're building in vain. He is the builder. But you must have the blueprint. And But if you give him the wrong blueprint, nothing is going to be built. Amen. Even if you don't say amen, I will. Amen. So the Bible talks a lot about sight. And so Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. That's the light of the body. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, in other words, 
how can I be good? If you see things the way God sees it, then you have a good eye. If you don't see it the way he sees it, then you have a bad eye. So Jesus said, if your eye is good, your whole body, not a bit, your whole body, it doesn't matter whether you're sick, no matter what's happening, your whole body will be, not have some light, full of light. Your whole body will be full of light, no darkness. No place for the enemy to hide. Your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, in other words, if you don't see things the way God sees it, your whole body will be full of darkness. And it says, there, it says this, this is kind of frightening for the believer. Sometimes I wonder, believers who say, who say they have the light. And then when you look at what you see, you wonder if they really have the light. Because what you see doesn't reflect light. And you wonder. And so Jesus gave this warning. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? It's easier for somebody who has in, or who doesn't know much than the person who thinks they already know, but they are still in the dark. You can't open their eyes. It's so difficult. The eyes. If you read in John chapter 9, the very end, Jesus, after he had healed the man that was born blind, he said, you know, for this reason, for this purpose, I came into the world. That those who are blind may see. And those who see may be made blind. In other words, and this fellow asked, he says, are we also blind? Jesus said, if you were blind, you will have no sin. But now you say you see. So your sin remains with you. Sight and sin? Yes. If you don't see it the way God sees it, your sins will remain with you until you die. And that's the worst way to die. With your your sins clinging to you. But if you can see the way God sees, then you will see that you were blind. And then your eyes will be opened. Once you see, your eyes will be open spiritually. This is the way the kingdom of God works. God wants you to see it. So the Bible tells us, I believe that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible tells us very clearly why we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that you see with your natural eyes. What's happening to your life, these problems you are having, whatever it is you feel in the natural, they are temporary. They will pass away. And so if you're looking at that, you have a bad eye. If you focus on that, according to God, your eye is bad. And your whole life will be full of darkness. But if you take your eyes from that, and you look at that which is unseen, that's the scripture and what God's saying, that's when you prosper. 
in God. That's so important. What you see. Seeing is so important. In Numbers chapter 21, here's something about sight. It says, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people because the people had been complaining. You know what they were saying? We're going to die in this wilderness. We're going to die in this wilderness. And God heard it. And God wasn't pleased with them. So God allows fiery serpents among the people. And he bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Many died in the wilderness. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Sometimes we want God to take away the trouble. Guess what? He doesn't. He leaves the trouble there. But he shows you the remedy. Amen. He shows you the remedy. They wanted that. He says, so Moses prayed, to the, uh, Moses prayed for the people. Then, that's in verse 8 now. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent of brass now and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is beaten... When he looks on it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. When he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Think about it. How would you feel if your doctor says uh, when you are bitten with a snake poison, yeah, a snake, and the poison is going through your body, turn around and look over there. How would you feel? So, I'll get another opinion. I'm going to see another doctor. But did you get your degree? All Moses said to them was to look. All they had to do was look. How difficult is that? All they had to do was look. After that, nobody complains anymore. And God allowed the fiery serpents to still be there. So the Bible tells us very clearly, if you live on the earth, you have troubles. But don't look at the troubles and don't be bothered by the troubles. Where you should look is to the remedy. Amen. That's where to look. What wounded them was the serpent. And the likeness of the serpent is what gave them kill. And I say that again. What brought cure to their problem was the likeness of what was wounding them. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, God says it. He says, 
For what the law could not do, because it was weak through the flesh, God sending the Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That's what the scripture says. Romans 8 verse 3. He condemned sin in the flesh. So what we are seeing in this scripture here was a type of Christ. A type of Jesus. No matter what's poisoning your life, no matter what's causing, causing you pain, all God wants you to do is to look. Turn your eyes on the pole, the one hanging on the pole, or the cross, so to speak. That's all you need to do. Now, when anyone is beaten in the camp, maybe they are disoriented. Hey, fellow, what's going on? I've been beaten. Ah, where is the pole? I just want to see the brazen serpent, right? They turn around. The pain is still going through. If it's paralysis, it's going on, you know, progressing in their body. But as soon as they set their eyes on the pole, right? He says, don't worry now. I'm looking at the pole. I'm going to be cured. No fear. That's the same way God wants you to look at the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The same way. You're still feeling the pain, but you know your eyes are on him. You can see it. You can see him with your eyes. And once you can do that, no matter how difficult the problem is, you're free. You are going to be healed. You are going to be delivered. Your provision is there for you. That's the way it is. If you can see it, you have it. All you have to do is see. See, the Bible says many of the children of Israel died. But many also lived. You decide what group you want to belong. The group that's going to look at the cross of Jesus and say to yourself, nothing is bigger than the cross. My problem cannot be compared to what Jesus did on the cross for me. Therefore, I will be okay. No matter what. That's the way it should be. Many died. And Jesus himself said in John chapter 3, verse 14 and, uh, through 16, And as Moses lifted up the serpent, so Jesus compares himself to the serpent lifted up in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Can you see him lifted up today? Even so, in the same way, it's already happened. The Son of God was lifted up. That whoever, please say the word with me, whoever. Whoever. Whoever believes. In that time, they had to see something. All you have to do is believe. Just believe that this impossible thing, the poison is going to be neutralized by just looking. That's tough to, see, to, to receive. But just believe in Jesus, your troubles 
can be taken care of. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If, you're not, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, all you need to do today is bring that cross before your mind. You, God gave you the ability to imagine things. That was given to you by God. As soon as you can see Jesus on the cross, whether you speak a word or not, you know he was there bearing your sin. They're no longer yours. If you can see it, sin has to disappear from your life. Addictions have to be broken. If you can see it. There is power in that cross. There is power in Jesus lifted up. Otherwise, all this is a joke. But no, it's not a joke. I felt it. You felt it when you got saved. There is that power that can destroy the power of sin. And if there's the power enough on the cross to destroy the power of sin, I guarantee you there is power enough on that same cross to destroy sickness in your body, to destroy lack in your body, to destroy confusion in your body, to destroy mental, mental torment in your life, to destroy depression, whatever it is. There is power on that cross of Jesus Christ to set you free. And it's available today. It's available today. You can receive it. Notice it said, whoever. That means you. Nobody else, not somebody else. That's you. He came for you. He was lifted up for you. Don't exclude yourself. Because you were made in his image. You see, he took our likeness of sinful man. That's what the Bible says. What the law could not do. The law couldn't help them. They couldn't. They were as confused. But we have something bigger than the law. We have the Son of God in human flesh just like us. With all of our pain. And he nailed everything to the cross. He nailed all our troubles to the cross. And all we have to do. The the problem for these people in the wilderness was the serpent. I'm sure they didn't sleep well. Wondering. I wonder if a serpent is crawling into my tent right now. And I might not see tomorrow. But as soon as that was. the, the, The pole was raised. Everybody lost their fear for the serpent. No fear for the serpent. No fear of demons. No fear of Satan. I don't have to fear them. I've got the cross. <laughs> Where the serpent was whipped. I got the cross. So now I'm free. No wonder Jesus said, if the son makes you free, you are what? Free. Not just that. Free indeed. How many free indeed people do we have here this morning? Amen. You got to say it. You are free indeed. No matter what's happening, even if the poison is running through your body, you can turn around when you've been beaten. You can turn around with whatever trouble. You can turn around and face the cross. And know the poison is being neutralized. I'm going to live. It's going to be well with me. You just have to see that. 
But notice, it wasn't just that. The poor, the, the, the bracing serpent was raised. But if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 15, it says, Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness? How many know we are in the wilderness on earth? I'm telling you. Every time you watch the news and you see the, the craziness in the world, you know this is wilderness experience. It's crazy. But God's leading you. Amen? God's leading you. He says he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Right? God's leading. Who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents? So the serpents were there. The serpents can be around you, but Jesus said, walk on them. Amen. Yes. Luke 10 verse 19. Tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You know why? The cross. The cross. Scorpions. That's what he said in John. I mean, I mean uh, what's it? what scripture did I just quote? <laughs> Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Hey. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. But then he says, Behold, I give you power. How many have that power and authority this morning? Amen. To tread on serpents and scorpions. And we just mentioned scorpions, right? Right? It was in the Old Testament that was the attack, the type of the real scorpion. We deal with them these days. Amen. Because of Jesus lifted up. If they were healed with the serpent lifted up, we also are healed with the Son of God lifted up. If their provisions were met with this with serpent lifted up. In our time, our provisions are met with the Son of God lifted up. And which is bigger? We have great and precious promises in God. Scorpions and thirst land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flint rock? Who fed you? How many know God will feed you? Oh, gosh. He takes care of us. He takes care of us. If we will trust him. If we will turn our eyes from what's ailing us. And we turn to the cross. It's bigger than your problem. God will take care of that, of that for us. He said God humbled them in the wilderness and tested them. <laughs> How many want to go higher? If you are in school, you want to go to the next grade, right? How are you going to get there without a test? You have to take your final exams, right? Before you are promoted. If you fail, you repeat the class. And if you continue to fail, they think you are not worth saying. They demote you, right? <laughs> get your lower class. You see, the children of Israel... How often were they failing in the wilderness? For 40 years they were failing. They take the same test, they go around and fail again. May you never fail in Jesus' name. We're talking about those outside, not people here. We never fail. Amen? So, God tested them. Everything that you are going through today, if God allowed it, is for your test. 
And when you do so well in that test, he uses you to help others, to, to tutor them how to pass the test. But if you complain, you fail. And you don't know how to take the test. And you can't help anybody. It's best not to even talk about it. Because God's already taken care of it. Everything was done for us. In the cross. That's on the cross. That's why Jesus said in, in Psalm 23, He prepares a table before us in the presence of the enemy. You see, it's always in the presence of the enemy. Nowhere else. Right there in the presence of the enemy. What you see, if you can't see it, you can't have it. You have to see all of those things right there. You see, God has a way of doing things. He gets you to get started with the blueprint. You remember how God dealt with Joseph? And sometimes when God wants you to really have the blueprint, he'll come at you twice. The same thing. He gave Joseph a dream, right? And then came back again and gave him the same dream. But a different form. So Joseph knew, this is my destiny. And Joseph saw his destiny even before he went to Egypt. How God was going to accomplish it, Joseph had no idea. And that's not your business. But for you to have the blueprint given to God. That's the way. If you can see it. God wanted Joseph to see it in his spirit. So even though he's going through difficult times, he still understands, I know what God wills for me. Don't know how I will get there, but I know his will for me. Why? Because he could see it. God already gave it to him. God did the same thing with Pharaoh. Before bringing up Joseph, the same dream in two different forms. He couldn't get rid of it because it was in his mind. He saw it. And so God wants you to see it. And if you cannot see it, you can't have it. Maybe it's not for you. But if you can see it from the word of God, it is for you. God wants you to see it. That's his way of doing things. In Luke, I mean in Matthew chapter 13, God speaking these words. It says, in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. Which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. In other words, you're seeing but you're not noticing anything. That you can see when you drive, you can be driving, you see ahead of you. But there are things that get, get, get your attention, right? And you look from everything and you focus on that one thing that gets your attention. So people see, but they don't notice anything. They don't perceive. When God helps you to perceive it, you got it. Once you have perceived it and you understand it, because through your perception, he goes into your spirit for understanding. Now, let me finish this scripture here. It says, for, the, for their hearts... For the heart of these people have grown dull, that's verse 15, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, 
lest they should understand with their heart and turn. And turn. Once you can perceive, you will adjust yourself. And you go to God. Now you got the blueprint. And then God, Jesus said, and so that I should, no doubt, heal them. But until you see it, God can do much. And that's what he did with people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. God told uh, uh, Abraham, after God has given him words, but God actually brought Abraham out and said, look, look to the sky, count the stars. What was he doing? God was wanting Abraham, he says, so will your children be. That in that way, God was giving him the blueprint. So Abraham saw stars, but what he was really seeing, the faces of his children. That's what he was seeing. And from that, if you read in that scripture, after that it says, Abraham believed God. Because once you see it with your eyes, you can but believe. And it was counted to him for righteousness. Because he was able to see it. And you can't take that away from him. From the person who can see. What I want this morning is, see your pain on Jesus on the cross. Whatever is causing you pain, no matter how long it's been in your life, otherwise the way all of this is a joke, but there is a God. And he says, I make all things new. Have you heard that scripture? Do you need something new in your life? I need you to turn to God and see that new thing. So that God will take that blueprint and begin to work in your life. His words were given to us so that we can see what he desires for us. When you read the scripture, he's God's desire, what God sees for you. And two cannot work together unless they are in agreement. And until you have the same picture, we can't work. But as soon as God has downloaded that into your heart, then we are ready for business and it's business where you have God as your business partner. And there's no failure in that. No failure. He becomes your business partner when you can see it the way he sees it. But if you don't, you are still in the dark. And there is no light there. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. And five, he says, surely he has borne our griefs. Did you read that? In Isaiah 53 verse 1, he says, who has believed our report? Our report means Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Meaning God opens your eyes to see what he wills for you. And it's always good. Who has believed our report? But then he tells you, surely he bore your grief, your torment, the rejection you've suffered, 
Jesus bore them. The aftermath of that should not be in your life. Why? Because Jesus took it. No doubt, he bore your grief. Forget the past. Embrace your future. In the name of Jesus, embrace and have the picture of what Jesus has for you. That's why it's called good news. It's good news because God wants you to embrace your future. And this is the future in the hands of God. He'll deliver it to you. Just as he delivered the promised land to the children of Israel. You have a promised land in God. And all God is saying, just agree with me. How difficult is that? Agree with me. Just believe me and agree with me. And God's going to do this. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. I don't have to be sorrowful. I can turn around when I feel the sorrow and look on the cross. He had that. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, what will bring us peace, was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Let me tell you this. If you can look at Jesus on the cross and you can see it with your spiritual eye, and see Jesus with your sin on your sickness on his body, your sin on his body, you will be healed. No doubt about it. If you can't see it, then it's hard to receive from God. I read the story of a man who was in a crusade meeting of where the way people were being healed, and he heard the message. He had been prayed for several times, but this time if he caught to him. I can see it. I can see it on him. I no longer have it. He saw that and he got up and he says, Yeah, preacher said, Can you see your sickness on Jesus? A very bad situation. He said, Yeah. As soon as hands were, were laid on him, sickness was gone. Because he was able to see it. You are experiencing the pain. But the Bible says, Jesus is already taking that. He bore our sicknesses. And he carried our diseases. He's already on him. And I said this here. Just using sickness. But it applies to everything. Sickness is spiritual. Before it's natural. Everything you see came from the spirit realm. If sickness were not spiritual, I'm not saying somebody is sane. I'm just saying sickness itself is spiritual. Because if it's, not, if it's not spiritual, how could Jesus heal it without medicine? Right? How could he? Without medicine, make a blind man see. Without operation, make somebody well. If that's not spiritual, how could he have done that without a knife? Please understand something. Its root is in the spirit realm. And everything came from the spirit realm. And so God says, turn your eyes on the reality of life, the spirit realm. And embrace that. And by and by, you see it in the natural. Everything that you see today came from the unseen world. You came from the unseen world. 
<laughs> when you were in your mother's womb, nobody could see you. <laughs> right? You were totally unseen. And sometimes you kicked and they know there's somebody in there. Right? But that's the way God's made it. You can embrace it. If you can see yourself. It says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. It says, and when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. What category of people did they bring to him? Did they say anything else? I'm not saying everybody's possessed, but this was the category of people <coughs> excuse me, that they brought to him. Okay? And then he says to, to the scriptures there says, He cast out the spirits with a word. And what? It's healing. It's spiritual. He healed all who were sick. And then that it might be fulfilled. Why did Jesus do this on this night? He wanted to fulfill what God had spoken. And if you're sick this morning, God wants to fulfill the same scripture. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every time there is a sickness before God, Jesus wants to fulfill the scripture that was written of him. But until you see that and believe it and act on it, it's not done. That's not his fault. You have not embraced it. They came to him. He says that it might be fulfilled. That which was written by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our our sicknesses and infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Jesus has already taken that for us. I like this next scripture here. It says, we all know this. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. And what all that is within me, bless. Yeah. And what if cancer is inside of you? So tell that cancer, it's time to praise the Lord. Is this what he said? All that is within me, bless. And you know cancer don't want to bless the name of the Lord, right? And if he doesn't want to bless the Lord, say, everything in me that doesn't want to bless God, you can vacate now. Amen? Amen. Everything in me that doesn't want to bless his name, you can vacate now. You know addiction doesn't want to bless the Lord, right? So you bless the Lord and then you tell their body, everything in me, bless the Lord. And if you are in me and you are not willing to bless God, you can leave now. I give you quick notice. And the time is up. Amen. And guess what? It will work. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We're not using it enough. Find a quiet place where no one can see you yelling and say, he, who is he talking to? He's crazy. And yell. Amen. Yell. As my wife said this morning, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violence was taken by... 
find a quiet place where no one is going to think you're crazy and yell what you know from the scripture. Amen. But as soon as you see somebody opening the door, cut it off. (laughs) So they don't say, he's nuts, he's lost it. Amen. You know how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? He yelled. With a loud voice. He yelled. I'm not saying you have to do that for God to hear. But you are not dealing with God. You are dealing with that stupid thing that is in your body that doesn't want to listen. Hard of hearing. So yell at it. Amen? Yell at it. Because you know what blueprint you got. Amen? And it says, the eyes of the Lord, they move to and fro. And he watches over his word. To make sure the word is done. And no word returns to him void. Amen. No word. In other words, when God says the word, the word comes to you. And he says, cooperate with me so I can have report to take to the Father. Please cooperate with me. And you say, well, I know what. But that's the problem. Accept the word and speak the word. And God will do the work for us. You know, Jesus made it clear to us. Come unto me, all you who labor. And I have a lesson. I'll give you rest. You need rest this morning. God wants to give you rest. It is his will for you to have rest. It's not his will for you to be tormented. With all these thoughts that Satan is injecting into your life of troubles and everything, your future, what's going to happen to you, and the sickness, now you're going to die next week, you're even having a heart attack right now, so I'm looking at you, he says, you stand on what God says, come unto me, all you who labor, that's God's invitation, and he tells us also, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, he says, let us therefore, come what? Boldly, Before the throne of grace. So we can obtain mercy. And find grace to help. In times of need. Today is that day. You can find grace to help. That grace is always available. You know what God told me. Years ago. He says no matter what's happening in your life. And that's for you too. As long as you are in this body that Jesus took, you still have hope. No matter what's going on. As long as you're not dead and you're still in the same flesh that Jesus took while he walked on the earth, you are still on the earth, there's hope. All you need to do is turn away and turn to God. And no matter what you've done, he can be forgiven. And God will go beyond that just because of his mercy for you to know his goodness and he pulls you closer to himself see that scripture says God seeks people to worship him in spirit God's going around looking for people he says I want you to come and worship me you will benefit from it it's good for your life amen he's looking for people and he means well for you if you're here this morning and you haven't made a decision for God, for Christ, please don't waste time. 
For me, it's been over 30 years. You talk about backsliding. I've never been perfect. But there's nothing out there for me. There's nothing. This is the best life. With Jesus. Living Africa and coming to the United States. Many of my friends thought uh, there is no way he's going to see the good life in America. And, and all these beautiful things in America. And he's not going to worship his God. In fact, when I went back home, they say, we think he's pretending. He must have changed. No. You don't understand it. When Jesus comes into your heart and takes his seat, nothing moves you. Amen. There's nothing more beautiful than having Jesus on the throne of my life. Nothing is more beautiful. There's nothing out there. This is the best. And I have it. Amen. I can have confidence in God. I can have confidence in God. He's the best thing a man can do for himself or herself. The best thing. Making a decision to follow God. And to follow him faithfully. As he enables you by his grace. And he is willing for you to follow him. All eyes closed this morning. If you're here this morning. And maybe you gave your life to Christ before. But you know you have not been walking so close to him. But you're saying to yourself today, I want to get close to God. You know, he'll give you that grace. And you will just naturally want to be near him. If that's you today, all you have to do is put your hand up and God will see it. And God will begin to walk with you. Or if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior before, but you want to go for Christ, you want Jesus in your life, all you have to do at the count of three, just raise your hand. God will see your hand. Heaven will notice. God will put it there and and put it down. And God will begin to walk with you as his child. I see some hands already lifted up. If you're here at the count of three, one, two, three, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. God saw those hands and God is going to bless you. God's going to bless you. His presence is here with us today. And God is also healing even as I speak. I believe that with all of my heart. I need you to check yourself. God's healing you right now. And God's also taking care of your issues. We all have things that we are dealing with. But he loves us so much. He is very concerned. He is very intimate with what's going on in your life. And he wants the best for you. And all you have to do is say, God, I welcome you into this situation also. That's all you Just as you welcome him into your life, welcome him into that problem. That's not difficult to do. Tell God, I welcome you into this difficulty I'm having in my life right now. And God will come in and begin to work in your life. How many want to do that? Can I see your hand up? You want to welcome God into your situation that's difficult. You don't, you've tried everything. You don't know what to do. But you're turning it over to God today. And you're saying, God, I surrender. I need you to help me. If you do that today, that is passes from your hand into the hand of the everlasting Father. And He knows exactly what to do. And I need you to trust Him and rest. Because Jesus said, come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You'll find rest this morning. Can I hear an amen? You'll have rest this morning. Everyone stand up with me this morning, including those that lifted up their hands to, to receive Christ. 
I'm going to give you a secret. Because see, to me, it's a relationship with God. Many of the problems Christians have, where God doesn't work closely with them, is because of one thing. I found that years ago. If you are not able or willing to tell somebody else that you are a Christian, you have a serious problem. Because God cannot work with you. It's just the way it is. You have to. I've noticed when we go to Calvert, the the people that go with us, and we're going from door to door, sharing with people about Christ. When we're returning, they are all just, just, even me, I feel this joy. I can't explain it. Michael, you felt that too. You just cannot explain it. You know why? As you're telling people about Jesus, that you belong to him, and you're inviting them in the same way at the same time. The father, Jesus, before his father, he's telling his father and the angels, that's mine. That person belongs to me. And the angels notice. Amen? Because when the king speaks, the whole of heaven listens. And when he mentions your name, you are a special being in the minds of the angels in heaven. But if you are afraid to tell somebody, you become stuck up. Things won't go well. I found that secret. It's both a defensive weapon and also an offensive weapon. When you tell somebody about Jesus, it's a double-edged sword. Amen? Cut both ways. How many would do that? Just tell with, even if just telling them, can I invite you to church this Sunday? You know, God heard that. He heard that. And they may respond. And things change for you. It's not about church. It's about the kingdom of our Father. Amen? Amen. So beautiful. For those who ask God to come into their lives, or you're rededicating your life, especially those also that said, I want God in this problem. Please, when you go from this place, be like Hannah. Remember Hannah? She couldn't have children. And then the prophet said, a backsliding prophet said to her, Go your way. The God of Israel grant you your request. And she got happy. And she went to eat and she was happy. And the husband was saying, What did he? Not in the scriptures, but that's gospel according to good luck. You know, what did he give you to eat inside that temple there? How come you're just all of a sudden happy? And the miracle was done. Amen? When we get happy, serve the Lord with gladness of heart. How many are going to do that this morning? Yes, with gladness of heart. With gladness of heart. Let's talk to our Heavenly Father, especially those that commit. You see, Pastor Larry, Pastor Mike, they're back there. If you made a commitment, that's one opportunity. Tell them, I, make, I gave my life to Jesus. Or I rededicated my life. When it comes out of your mouth, it is settled. Amen? In heaven, it's settled. Because you've decreed it. Amen? Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to be my Savior. Jesus, I welcome you into my life as my Lord 
and my Savior, enable me to walk with God faithfully for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. How many believe you heard that prayer? I know you heard. And he will help you to faithfully serve him. That's why I have no fear. If I have to depend on myself, (laughs) we will make it. But I have him holding me up. So I can know I have my future. I'll see him one day. And those of us, I need you all, close your eyes again. Sorry. But we got to pray. You invited Jesus into your problem this morning. Those of us that did that, say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your life for me. Jesus, I invite you right now into this problem that I have in my life. I hand the problem over to you. Be the Lord of everything in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many believe you heard that? Now release it. Release it. How many laid that on the altar here this morning? How many did that? Please go out that way. Don't come back to the altar. Leave it right here. Okay? Don't come back here. Walk away from it. Amen. And God will make that happen. Amen. Our prayer partners, please come out and help me this morning. If you're sick and you need prayer or you have an issue that's really pressing on you, you need somebody to agree with you, please come and uh, come, come, come. Yes, I need to pray for you. I'm sorry, Pino. I just feel impressed. Could you stretch your hand over here? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you know the hunger in his heart and the desires. You know them. I I feel them, Lord God. What he would like. Be with your son today and let every one of those imaginations in his mind. We as a church, we ask that they be fulfilled today. Let there be the beginning and you will complete it. Thank you for Josh. Thank you so much for his life. In Jesus' name. Thank you. If you need prayer, would you please come and join them? Anybody else? Please come. He just said, God can't. 